welcome back to Invader Sports Soccer Show. Today it is myself, Dan, and Adam. So a little, little bit of a little Liverpool takeover <laughs> for everybody at home. But uh, so the January transfer window has closed. It was quite uh, crazy towards the end of it. I mean, that was that was a, a wild last few days. What do you think? More more got done than than you would than you would think. Yeah, then I mean, especially for Liverpool because we don't normally sign players in January. Um, well, the last player we did was Van Dijk, wasn't it? But we're typically not big January spenders. But it was you normally get with the January transfer window, and I don't know if it was last year as well because I think it was quite quiet last year, and maybe that's because of COVID. You either get these really massive January transfer windows where teams are panicking or can be quite kind of quiet. But this year really geared up towards the end. Um, you had a lot of also you had Newcastle spent nearly 100 million which we expected them to do yeah barcelona done a, a couple of transfers and then uh you had arsenal a lot of transfers out none in and then yeah liverpool the last week of the transfer window we ended up doing one in the end with diaz and then um i can't remember, i don't really know how you pronounce his name but i think it's along the lines of carver howe the, the fulham player yeah that was the guy that it was all over my feed I was like, is this going to yeah. happen or not? Yeah, and it didn't get didn't get done. So look forward to that to, to happen in the summer, you think? Yeah, so, so basically he is out of contract in the summer. Um, okay. But the rules are, and I don't know if they're across Europe, but I know Prem, English, the English leagues so across the, the leagues. If a player's under 24, I believe, basically if they're a young player, he's 19. So you know, he's under 24 years old. If they, you know, normally... Uh, normally if a player's out of contract in, in the summer, when it gets to January, he's allowed to talk to other clubs and agree a, agree a pre-contract. And then in the summer, that player goes for free, as we've seen many times with many players, it goes for free to whatever club. Um, however, because he's so because he's 19 years old, he can't legally go for free. So then have to go to a tribunal, which Liverpool and Fulham actually had in the past with Harvey Elliott. So we got Harvey Elliott on a free from Fulham and it, it got really messy and it went to tribunal because and because Fulham weren't happy with how much we paid them. Because when a player, even when they're young, they can't go for free. So you even have to play in the club even if he's out of contract. So I think what will happen is what I've heard what I'm reading from you know the sort of reliable Liverpool sources on on Twitter, like the journalists are saying that although it didn't get done. He was going to be loaned back to Fulham anyway, so he wouldn't have played for us this season. Um, okay. Although it doesn't get done within the next few weeks or months, they reckon there'll be that pre-agreement just because then it wards off any other clubs potentially coming in for him. So, yeah, I think it will happen. And if it does happen, it won't actually make a difference because we would have signed him and then loaned him back to Fulham. So we wouldn't have seen him this year. And I'll, I'll show anyway, it's just it will just be nice to actually have the player because... Um, I, I keep an eye on Fulham because I've got some Fulham fans in my family, so I do keep an eye on. He is, he is a you know he's doing it in the Championship, of course, but he does look like a good talent. Young plays, sort of Coutinho esque with how he can drive with the ball, um, and you know it's it's we we signed Diaz as well. Um, I don't yeah. know if you've seen any of him. We played earlier in the Champions League. There's a really good goal he scored against Man City last year as well. Yeah, I and he's that. just a, a first Colombian to play for Liverpool which is always nice um, oh, wow. and he's he's just going to be that sort of direct similar to money direct technically good I think he's he's got that he's he's the type of player and we haven't actually 
probably when you look at our front three, maybe Firmino, but he's got that that trickery that the others don't in terms of the you see it with the South America, the South American flair. Bobby has it a little bit, to be fair, yeah. but in terms of wingers, he has got that stuff where he just does something out of nothing, that magical, that magical touch. And you know what? It's given me confidence that Liverpool are doing one of two things. And that is either we're we're prepping for life after Klopp and life, not even life under Klopp, life after after the front three that we currently have, because they're all, you know, nearing 30 plus and the players we're currently signing. You know, Jota, I think he's 24, 25. Diaz is 25. This Carvalho is 19. Harvey Elliott, um, not 18, 19. Cade Gordon. Um, we signed Canate. So Van Dyke's obviously getting older. We've got Canate, who's 22. You know, we're, we're starting to flesh players now that if Klopp leaves, if when the front three eventually leave, when Klopp leaves and we bring a new manager in, possibly Gerard, that these players are then going to be in their prime. But then it also gives me faith that maybe Klopp is going to stay past his contract because he wants to rebuild. Because that's one thing that not a lot of managers have done. You used to get it with Ferguson. He was the master of rebuilding a team and you know replacing the parts. And I think possibly Klopp might want to do that. Yeah, uh, it, it makes me think of the saying that college football teams use a lot, right? Because they always have high turnover with, with players going to the pros. So you're always having a different team. And teams like Alabama, Clemson, like the good teams, they, they try to say, we're not rebuilding, we're just reloading. And yeah. that's like the same type of thing where have your players ready, switch them out and go. So it's it's interesting. This Luis, Luis Diaz, man, I was looking at his highlights. He's got a rocket of a shot. Yeah. That thing the comes shoots flying. The ball. Yeah. Yeah. And he has some really skilled goals where put someone else in that position, they, they probably wouldn't have scored where he's flying and getting a tip on it or something like that. He's really, he looks fun to watch. And I could see the flair that you're talking about. But does this mean Sadio Mane is going to be leaving? The same position. No. no. So one thing quickly on Diaz as well, he's, he's like, a, he reminds me of Jota that he's that rough diamond, even, even Mane as well. You know, when, when, when specifically, I remember it with Jota, when Jota comes to Liverpool, I was very much like, oh, nice. We've signed a forward. He looks good, but he, you know, he's not a player that come to mind. He didn't stand. He done well for Wolves, but he didn't stand out, but Klopp took him and Klopp does what Klopp does best in terms of these players into, world beaters and it just feels like with Diaz again you've got a player that I mean he's been called the best player in the Portuguese league that we've taken but you know another rough diamond that if Klopp you know shines on then bloody hell he could be brilliant but in terms of replacing Mane I think to your point earlier where you said about the the reloading this is where you do it in a really smart way where I don't think Mane will go in the summer I think maybe next summer or he might you know, they're talking about whether he's going to sign a new contract. If he does, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just not a four or five year, but maybe a two, two years with a year extension. What you want to do is you want to bleed the young player. You, you don't want to sell Mane, bring Diaz. There you go. And say to Diaz, the guy that left before you, he was one of the best. You need to replace him. What you want to do is you want to create competition and then you want to slowly bleed him in. Because then once you've done that, eventually, if Mane leaves at the end of next season, Diaz would have had a season and a half at Liverpool. He'll get used to the style. He'll get used to the league. 
and then it won't be as much of a change rather than ripping something out and pushing it in. And I think that's where really the sort of mastery of rebuilding a squad is. You know, you don't want to... We've seen it before, you know, Spurs done it. I mean, when they sold Bale or what we've done it before when we've sold um, certain players that you go out and, you know, you try and in, out, in, out. It doesn't work rather than at the moment what Klopp does, you know, Robertson and Samikas, for example, bleeds them right. in. Yeah. So that's what I think will happen. So I don't think Mane will leave in, in the summer, but it wouldn't surprise me if he leaves this next year. Well, it makes me think, right? Because that's my, that was one of the first things my father-in-law said to me. He goes, does that mean you think Mane's going to leave now? And I was like, I hope not. You know, I'm not ready for any of them to leave yet, especially the, the front three. But I was thinking about it and it just, it made me think for a second because uh, like watching his highlights, he looks like he has star potential and, you know, they definitely paid a fee to get that star potential. But on the same day that it was announced, Luis Diaz was going to sign for Liverpool the same exact day from the same source that FSG are trying to sign Mane, Salah and Firmino to con- to new yeah. contracts. So that's, we need that's that squad depth. Yeah, you know, we, need, we we talk about it all the time on Man City have this amazing squad depth. Well, now our front three, we've got competition. And, and you know, this this was a deal um, that we wouldn't have done. We've got to thank, we've, we actually have to thank Tottenham. Can't believe I'm thanking them. Yeah. Uh, but we've got we've got to thank them because this is a deal that we, you know, as Klopp came, came out and said, he never buys in January unless, you know, last season was different where we got, um, where we brought in a Ben Davis and um, on loan and stuff because we had so many injuries um, and Quebec, but he never buys in January and, you know, just for the sake of it, unless it's a player they have scouted for years and they were going to buy in the summer. So this Diaz, we, we obviously wanted to buy him in the summer and then Tottenham were coming in for him. Porto apparently gave us a ring and was like, look, we know you're keeping tabs on him. We, we know you're going to come in for him. Tottenham have made a bid. What do you want to do? And fair play to FSG. They were like, no, no, we we, we, we want to get him. We wanted to bring him in. So they put the money on the table and Diaz chose us. Um, so this deal would have happened in the summer, which I still don't think that would have meant Mane would have left. Um, so I, I think they stay for one more season. And then next season, we see a big one of the front three, probably not Salah, hopefully not Salah, um, leave. Not. I mean, hopefully yeah. not any three of them, but you know, they are eventually going to get to a stage where you do have to move them on. Right. I know. I'm just not ready, you know, personally. I know yeah. some people, some people, they're like, yeah, it's business. But, you know, with, with the whole Salah, Salah thing, like, they got to get a contract done, like, soon. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm just nervous about it. It just, it just wouldn't sit right. It's not like he wants to leave. It's not like he's faking an injury so he can't yeah. play. He's doing no, no, everything he right. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's doing everything right. He's playing at such a high level. You know, even for Egypt, he just had a goal and an assist to get them to the semifinals of, of AFCON. Yeah. So he deserves to be rewarded for what he's done and for what he can still do. So hopefully they get that contract done ASAP. That's number one on my priority list. I am happy with this transfer window, though, as a fan. It definitely was was nice to see. And then I got to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, Diaz highlights and 
like you were you were saying what's his name again fabio Carvalho, fabio carvelio carvalho or something on, like that yeah, yeah. needs to brush up on portuguese well i was getting ready to check his stuff out but it was so deadline like mm. the, the deadline was within 12 hours and i'm reading news that oh it could get done right now and then you know it falls through but like you said that was going to be a loan to the end of the season season anyway so not really any changes as long as they get that deal done uh, for the summer. But all in all, I was happy. And in terms of, of the rest of the league, I was surprised. You know, there was a lot of movement, tons of movement. One in particular, Tottenham, so they didn't get their guy Diaz. So they get Kulisevsky, right? And, yeah. you know, my, my father-in-law, big Ju- Juventus fan, and he was saying to me, he's worried that, now Kulisevsky is going to turn into a star, but they only loaned him out. So not, not the end of the world. Was it loan with obligation to buy? Yeah. But so from, they, from they, what I've read as well, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how much he impressed at Juventus. He didn't. And that's the thing. Yeah. But, but then he brings up the story of Thierry Henry. He's like, Henry didn't impress yeah. here either. And then ends up on Arsenal and became <laughs> Henry, right? So I, I know that's a stretch. I'm not saying Kulisevsky is going to turn into Henri, but he, I'm just letting the, you guys know that there is Juventus doubts of shit. Maybe we shouldn't have sold him. So Tottenham, you can be a little bit excited for that, even though you didn't get your guy Diaz. You still got some, still got some work done. Uh, and they got uh, Bentancourt also for nearly $16 million. So Which Juventus, although they might be, you know, uh, skeptical about whether they should have let Kluvaskevsky uh, go. Um, they sold him, and well, if you know, it's a loan buffet obligation to buy him Bentecourt and basically recoup their money for for Vlahovic, who they brought in, who is going to be an absolute animal for them. And you know, Fiorentina fans is already a rivalry there, and they must hate Juventus because they sold Chiesa to them, and they sold Vlahovic, two of their best players, two of the well, I mean. Uh, Chiesa last year, one of the best players, in my opinion, um, across Europe, especially for what he done for Italy, amazing. And then Vlahovic being one of the best players this season for in Syria. And I think he's just going to turn into a into a star. And Arsenal were interested in him. Arsenal bid for him. They wanted him. Um, you know, they put all their eggs in one basket almost because uh, you can see they didn't sign anyone else. So they really wanted him. Whether he was toying with them to get Juventus to make a move, but yeah, he's just. Well, I, I really like that type of striker. That you know, he's he's big, he's tall, but he's also got the, the he's got his pace and he's got his technical ability that you don't always see with the certain bigger strikers. Well, yeah, Juve's the fans are very excited about him, yeah. the second guy, for yeah, sure. I think that makes them not, not favourites, no, no. But I would now bring them into the Champions League conversation with Allegri. Of, to say, well, they've they've got this striker that can just score goals out of nothing and be an absolute force. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of force, some a player who was a force in the EPL comes back, Christian Eriksen. Uh, I'm happy to yeah. happy to see him back. You know, good for him. It was a, a shame what happened to him, and now he he wants to keep playing. So Brentford, bring him on. What were your thoughts on that? It's a nice story, isn't it? And obviously, he's got the Danish connection with the the Brentford manager. Um, I'm surprised, possibly, that a few other clubs might not have gone in for him, but there may be. 
maybe he he was interested in Brentford. Um, they've been good this season. They've been hit and miss at times. They've they've there's been certain periods. I mean, I remember very vividly a Chelsea game where the last fifteen minutes they were all over Chelsea and couldn't score against Man United. They dominated Man United, couldn't get the win. So you know they're adding a bit more quality to that team, and he's gonna you know it'll be good to see him back because of he's been you know. Seven to eight months, quite a, to be fair, quite a quick turnaround, in my opinion. It seems like from the instant he had to to now, but yeah, we could see him in the, in the prem. I know Inter. I don't think they were too, um, you know, they didn't want to get rid of him, but I just think it was more Serie A rules that didn't allow him to play with the. Um, I think he has a heart monitor on. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like it was. An unfortunate situation. Obviously, what happened to him that was super scary. Um, yeah. So it's it's nice that it, it has a, a decent ending for now that he's back in the EPL playing for Brentford. So good on them. Um, which I, I do want to talk about the relegation race to end the show because this player Wout Weghurst that ended up if I said his name wrong I'm sorry but I know I know of this player fairly yep. well like he, I know he can score goals. The most and Burnley now, player. Yeah, now he's on Burnley. So yeah, it is. Makes me think. You know what? It is Sean Dyche, Burnley. They've signed, I think he's six foot six. Um, a what you'd call a shithouse of a player. And he's, you know, what what a team for him to join. And that'll be really interesting. Because obviously they sold Chris Wood, who was their sort of one of their, their star players. Um, but they've they've gone and replaced him, so that gives the fans a bit of hope. Yeah, um, and I think he's, he's good. Yeah, he's just uh, he played for. If I'm right, he was he he was in the Euros for for the Netherlands last he was. year. I think he played. Yeah, he was. He was there. He just looked like a one of those big target men that you know. I think he had he scored a couple of goals if I'm right in the Euros, but I mean he didn't look amazing. Like there is also a reason why he's gone to Burnley, but. He might suit their style. He'll, he probably will really suit their style and they'll become, they're already a dogged team to play and now they'll have him as a threat up front. So it's yeah. made it interesting, but then at the same time, Newcastle, you know, they've done the business earlier in the window with Trippier. They then go and sign Matt Target on loan. Uh, Dan Byrne, who again is, I think like six foot something, who playing fullback for Brighton, but I think naturally is a centre-back. So, you know, they've almost replaced their entire back line and then um also the leon brazilian midfielder bruno gomerez with a that's a that's a big early statement from them which shows what they will do if they stay in the premier league and have that summer transfer window you know if they're battling for relegation and they're going out and just you know being able to attract a young prospect from Leon, likes of him that other clubs would be interested in, that they look at as a real talent for the future. And he's gone to Newcastle in the situation they're in for that amount of money, you know, 40, 50 million. I think it really shows the intent of once they stay in the Premier League. And the thing is, they, so I don't know if you know this, but obviously Newcastle fans, they hated Mike Ashley, the former owner. He wouldn't spend a penny. Like the fact they've spent 100 million or so in, in January, that is, you know, Mike Ashley would never do that. He'd he'd be crying right now if he had to even get, you know, his checkbook out to spend a pound. Um, but him 
running the club the way he did the last few years has meant that they as a club, as a, as a business, have made profit. And what that means is that in terms of financial fair play, they actually have quite a, an open um, sort of gap between how much they can spend until they get to a point where they can breach financial fair play. Hmm. So they can actually almost, I think when I was looking at a video the other day, and this is without them signing any sponsorship deals, raising revenues, et cetera. You know, they've got like a 200 million leeway in which they can just go and spend and not worry about. Wow. So they won't even have those restrictions. So they are honestly, if they stay in the Premier League, and it makes sense now to possibly why. So they went in for Lingard. Yeah. Um, obviously at the end and, and United were like yeah sure then no yes no and then didn't in the end actually you think well maybe Man United are looking at it and thinking shit we, we probably want Newcastle to get you know relegated in a way because if they stay up it just you know inevitably Newcastle are going to become up there but you maybe you want to delay them a couple of years because if yeah. they if they're in the Prem they survive and go into next season that's some of a transfer window who knows the type of players that they'll bring in. And again, it won't be the likes of Mbappe and Haaland, but it could be those young prospects that were looking for moves for probably other European clubs that look at Newcastle and think, I'm going to get paid a shitload. And I do believe in the project because there is a project there. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting take on that. You wonder if that's that's what halted their business there. I didn't even think about that until you said that. But you do make a good point. And I, I do wonder if they're going to stay up, man. That's going to be one of the one of the storylines. I'm going to keep my eye out the rest of the season to see how they play with this new back line, with these yeah. new signings. You know, they got a whole new system there. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But speaking of new systems, what do you think about Everton's new manager? Lampard. Um, did you see the, the opening, the unveiling video? No, I didn't. Is it on Twitter? No, no. So, yeah, it's on Twitter. Um... So I, I I put a tweet out and I compared it to um, there's a there's a show in England called uh, Towie, The Only Way Is Essex, which is um, sort of a, one of those reality shows. Uh, you know, sort of best way to explain it is it's sort of like young people going out, dating other people, getting into arguments, etc. And yeah. the unveiling video was almost like he was being introduced as one of those new characters to come in and you know rustle a few feathers and be a new love interest it was some of the <laughs> you know if I'm being honest look and you know I'll be brutally honest I, he's in my opinion he has been given the Everton job a large percentage because of his name Frank Lampard and because of who he was because you know he was Derby manager and yes he got them to the playoffs but he probably should have won that he should have won that final. You know, they they beat Leeds, which were the, the most dangerous team at the time in the championship. So he knocked them out in the semi-final. He then goes to Chelsea. And okay, fair play. He has a transfer ban. He gets some top four having to bring in youth, which is probably one of his strong points, bringing in youth. But at the same time, I think it was in a season where it wasn't the most competitive. That's, you know, I believe that's a season where we, we won the league with 20 points and... There was no other teams, Man City second. And then, yeah, so there wasn't that much competition. So then next season, he he gets given the money and he fluffs it, he gets sacked. So I don't know 
you know, if he wasn't Frank Lampard and he was just another manager with that record, would Everton have gone in for him? I don't think so. And I think that's a lot of the a lot of the 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 worries of the Everton fans of what they've been. None of them worry about Lampard. I think they're all in favour of it. But one of the things that they were complaining about is that their their owner, Mashiri, who who I think they love because to be fair to him, he is when you look at Everton's spending record over the last few years since he's become a majority shareholder taken over, they've spent the money. But the fact he hasn't really got any football people around him has mean they've spent it badly. Yeah. And I think you can see that with um, you know the signings they made towards the end. So Donny van der Beek and and Deli Ali. Donny van der Beek not so much because again one of the most talented footballers in that Ajax team was expected big things at Man United and it hasn't worked out. So I I think he will probably be good. But then to go and sign Deli Ali is just a you know a footballer that has played under Pochettino. Um, and then Nuno, but we can discount him. But Pochettino, um, you know, uh, Conte and Mourinho, three world-class managers. Um, I mean, there's a debate whether Pochettino actually is. is I don't know if you saw PSG, they lost last night. Um, they got knocked out on penalties out of the cup. So questions oh, about, about him. But, uh, yeah. Um, but three managers that are in the world-class conversation and Mourinho who definitely is Conte who definitely is and it, and it hasn't worked out and he's had you know Pochettino who's arm around the shoulder Mourinho who tried the arm around the shoulder then tried the the tough and then Conte who's only got one way of of managing and Conte was like no get him out of here so it makes you think you know is he one of those players that was hyped so young believed in his own hype and then it's just been a downhill he'll spiral and I don't know many other clubs that would have gone in for a Deli Alley, but Everton did and it just makes me think are there really that many football people around the club advising them hmm. who knows Lampard he could go and do well but I I see it failing eventually He they, they won't get relegated they are too good to get relegated but that doesn't say a lot because of what's at the bottom at the moment yeah, well, since since we're there, let's let's talk about it, right? Which team that is currently in relegation zone, so Newcastle, Watford, and Burnley, which team is most likely, and it's probably Newcastle, not going to stay stay down here? Not going to stay. So the thing is that when you do look at Burnley, they they have um, you know, three, four games in hand on, on Norwich. Yes. And so there's a four point gap and they have four games in hand, but obviously you drive over the points on the board. I I think it will end up being Burnley, Watford, um, Norwich. If I'm okay. but, but that could also be at the same time the fact that Newcastle spent so much money that that's probably just um making my opinion sway towards them. But I think the next Premier League game is a massive one, Newcastle versus Everton. So um, I don't think Everton could, you know, when you look at the points, Newcastle on 15, Everton on 19. So there's there's four points, but um, Everton have got a game in hand on Newcastle. But that is a big game. And if Newcastle can win that and then set themselves up for a run, to get to that, the magic 40-point mark, which I think it will probably be less this season to what they need, then I just think they'll leave Burnley, Watford and Norwich um, to the dust. But Watford got a new manager as well, Roy Hodgson. He knows the league. He's done it many times. He's done many great escapes. 
So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because I don't think we got it last season where there was much of a relegation battle. I think it was pretty much decided what teams were going down. Yeah. Whereas we're actually in a we're actually in an interesting, obviously not for the fans of the clubs, but we're in an interesting um position where we are possibly gonna have a title race back on. I say that with with hope, but also we're gonna have a relegation battle, which is, you know, again, not if you're the fans, but as good as a title. Uh, decided going to the last day of the season in a completely different way. The emotions of a relegation battle going to the last day of the season is just, it, it makes football what makes it brilliant. Yeah, I think, you know, hopefully, like you said, there could be a race on both sides, you know. Um, so let's get to that part of it. Now, City finally dropped points since the last time we talked. And now they are currently nine points up on Liverpool, but Liverpool have one game in hand. So they win that, it's six. If Liverpool can manage to beat City in the head-to-head game, it's three. So is this actually, is the race back on? Is The, the thing is, I'm going to say yes, and then our first Premier League game in the next couple of weeks is FA Cup weekend. I think we play Leicester, we'll probably lose, and it'll be like, no, we're not. Um, yeah. Liverpool know what they need to do. They need to keep the pressure on Man City now by, by just winning games focus on themselves um, I think Man City's next Premier League game is against Tottenham so that won't be easy so we we need Man City to drop points against one of these you know they probably uh, the game against Arsenal is a really frustrating one because Arsenal played quite well and there was a couple of decisions that I think went against them yeah um, and so yeah. but then you know they're gonna they're gonna I think they've got to play Palace again who beat them already then they've got to go to the the thing is, that's why it was also be important from a Liverpool perspective, a title race perspective. If the relegation battle is also happening at the same time, then it makes those games that at the start of the season look easy. Going away to Watford, for example, going away to Newcastle or playing Burnley, all of a sudden, although you expect to win those games, it becomes a lot more, well, they're fighting for survival. And when clubs fight for survival, they can dig performances out of nothing. So I think we need to keep winning our games until we face City. And if we face, if we win our game in hand and then face City and, and it's a six-point gap, which we can reduce to three. You know, if we go into the last seven games of the season with only three points, then it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. At least it will, you know, it will be a title race that we'd hoped it would have been a three-way title race. It hasn't turned out like that, but we can right. have some sort of title race and not have a, a team, whether that is Man City or even Liverpool, because as much as I love to see us win the league, winning it in a close title race will just feel brilliant compared to, yeah. you know, when, when we won it, you know, at a Cantar with like 20 plus points difference, it was nice to say we are the best team in England. You can't, you can't say otherwise because of how far, but, you know, winning it on a, having our own moment where it, where we, final day of the season getting that goal that we know is going to win us the league that will be amazing so I think title race on and you know from a Liverpool perspective both being Liverpool fans this is the first time in a long time where we've come into February and we have each trophy still available yeah yeah how about that yeah right we haven't been able to do that in a while we've got a final to, we've got a final to go to FA Cup League Cup uh, Premier League and then the return of the Champions League. 
Yeah, it's going to be a fun month, man. Yeah. It really is. So we're going to have a lot more to cover uh, coming up in the next few weeks as well, uh, yeah. especially with all those cup games and Champions League coming back. I'm excited for the Champions League to come back for sure. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm just looking at the schedule, and I saw this on Twitter also, but it's almost like you can't write a Hollywood script better than if Coutinho and Gerard hmm. are the team to beat City in the last game to give Liverpool the trophy. It's just like, wow, that would be that would be nuts. And the fact they play them in the last game is just it's like it's right there. It could happen. Yeah. Can you imagine? That would just be it would I like to try not to think too far ahead because you end up then getting disappointed. But no, it's it's yeah. got that. It's a, but it's also got at the same time that we go to the last game of the season and they just beat Villa 5-0 and win the league like that as well. But right. no, no, I, I know what you mean. It's it, it could end up being like quite a, a beautiful Premier League moment. We hope anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, Liverpool takeover show. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little transfer talk. We, uh, of course, coming off an international break here. Um, oh, I just want to take a second to talk shit on uh, the United States nation coach uh, after the game against Canada, he said that the U S were dominant in a two Oh loss. So yeah. So with Jonathan, Jonathan David scoring that guy. I saw a clip. Yeah. From Canada yeah. He scored. Playing. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's yeah. good. But that's what we're dealing with right now. Our, so our is that for world cup thing, qualification? Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. They, yeah. Cause I saw. Um, I mean, they're doing good overall. Oh, I was, because yeah. I saw, um, what did I, I saw? I saw a, a video on TikTok today, and it's, um, it was something to do with. Uh, it looked like it'd be a. Is it? Is it three or four teams at the moment that are really close, and then one thing going for fourth? But now it's actually all four teams have have got like within three points of each other. Yeah, it's it's super close, right? And Greg Berhalter the manager is, is, is saying ridiculous shit. Like we were dominant in a two Oh loss. It's just not what you want yeah. to hear. It's not what you want to hear at all. Um, but you know, overall they're doing okay. They're doing okay. They, they, they win games one, nothing when they should have won five, five, nothing. It's just the talent is getting there. It's getting better, but overall that's, the last thing you want to see after a loss talking about how you were dominant, like, come on, dude, get over yourself, get over yourself. That's ridiculous. So we'll be back next week with the, with the normal show after these games this weekend and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys all about that. But for now, you guys take it easy, have a good rest of your week and we'll see you next time. See you later. Oh, thank you.